Uber's got drizzled, Wendy's and AI, and cookbooks of the 21st century. That's all ahead on this week's Monday Minute. Monday Minute works like this. We've picked out five of the most interesting headlines from the last week's news, and we're going to give you our take on it. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, Carl. First question is for you this week. Wendy's has announced an AI Google Cloud partnership to improve the customer experience. How's it going to help? You know, AI is a bit of an overused term these days. Uh, it's also almost like when AI is used, it's you're like part of the cool crowd or something. But but what Wendy's are doing is actually pretty cool, quite honestly, Meredith. It, it strongly signals that they're going down a path to create some custom tools and take technology very much in-house. But they're working with Google Cloud and the various tools that come with that to help improve the customer experience. It's going to help with ordering patterns through drive-through, um, looking at the interface through mobile devices, while also introducing um, interfaces with things like Google Speech and speech-to-text functionality. Now, my attention was particularly piqued by the real-time aspect of their machine learning capabilities. That's expected to improve order accuracy at the point of ordering so that the human component of capturing an order is actually done perhaps better than what a human can, can do. Now, doubters might say, if Alexa is anything to go by, that the human orders uh, still have a better job of actually taking it versus what uh, an Alexa can hear. So we'll see whether Google can actually help Wendy's in this regard. But I think it's an interesting one. Now, Wendy's were rated the worst on the QSR magazine in 2021 for accuracy and the drive-through study. So they might be hoping that this is their silver bullet in some way. The exciting thing, though, is that it doesn't stop there. You know, building on my Alexa analog, I'm suggesting that from a tech functionality standpoint, it could perhaps help even go down the route of customer recognition. So imagine you're a regular Wendy's customer, and when you drive up and you're actually giving your, uh, your order across, it recognizes your voice and actually then can tell you, um, would you like to order what you had last time? That's going to be pretty amazing. That could really enhance the customer experience to a new level. And I think if technology like this can improve the customer experience, then Wendy's might be under something pretty special here. <laughs> Question two here, Meredith, is around DoorDash this week announced uh, some news about sponsored listings. Uh, what is this about? Well, you know, I think it is uh, in many ways what the restaurant industry has been fearing with the advent of these platforms, which is that, you know, the highest bidder is going to be the one who um, gets featured on the platform and therefore gets the sale. Um, this has happened certainly on other platform businesses and I think um, has long been the expectation in the restaurant industry of how this would play out. Having said that, I think what DoorDash has done is pretty interesting. Uh, their model is quite different from other uh, platforms in that they only charge when uh, an order actually gets placed and goes through. So they're not charging for views, they're not charging for clicks, they're charging for actual orders. And in my mind, this means that uh, more folks can afford to uh, put that ad up there and see what happens. So I'm hoping that actually levels the playing field relative to what everyone was fearing and expecting to happen. Um, notably, they're also doing this for the other verticals that they've entered. Um, so CPG companies and convenience companies uh, are able to put in sponsored listings as well. 
Time will tell whether that uh, works out in the favor of restaurants or just DoorDash themselves. But I suspect the consumer will win. Yeah, as always. All right, Carl. So Thrive Market has announced a new kind of cookbook. Why does it matter for restaurants? Yeah, Thrive Market has created this uh, neat cookbook with an online grocery experience. Um, say you want to cook this particular dish, uh, you scan the QR code in this cookbook, and then bang, the items that you want for that particular dish are actually put into your um, basket on Thrive for them to fulfill. So it's an interesting idea, isn't it? It might be a little bit of a, um, you know, a, a kind of useful bit of functionality, but I suspect what we'll see here is that all the major grocers are going to try and do this as well. In Something time. similar. Yeah. yeah. The, the motor around this concept is perhaps only if the ingredients are done in a meal kit type format. So they're mm -hmm. ready and specialists in nature. The right sizes and things like that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, I don't know whether you've ever seen um, or been in that situation where you're preparing for a, a dinner party. The amount of times I've readied myself. Uh, for making a particular dish from a cookbook and I drive to two or three grocery stores and they don't have the thing. It's like, where's the tarragon, Meredith? The tarragon? <laughs> it's oh, always tarragon. the tarragon. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, what, what does this all mean for restaurants? Well, I think there's an opportunity here uh, for restaurants too. You know, we've seen how meal kits and some restaurants have created family meals um, to build on the trend from the last year. But what if restaurants sold the ingredients and the recipes from some of their favorite dishes? Now, some might say that's proprietary secret information, but oftentimes the technique of preparation, the ambience of the restaurant and the service, that's really what stands out from your dining experience. But even if restaurants were able to take some of their simplest menu items with even seasoning blends or sauces already pre-prepared, thereby protecting your proprietary secrets, you know, you're then gonna perhaps help readying people for that kind of dinner party occasion. And they don't have to worry at all about having to think about what exactly and how they can get those informations just by using a restaurant's QR enabled menu to support them. So yeah. interesting one. Yeah, I can't even tell you how many restaurant cookbooks I own, um, an entire shelf full of them. And one of the things I notice about them and one of the reasons I love restaurants is because the recipes can often be complicated, right? What makes them so good is that there's so many different things in them. And I love the idea of um, offering a a proprietary sauce or something else with it because the process of making that sauce is usually pretty difficult when you're making it for four people or two people instead of for a hundred people it's pretty time consuming okay meredith question four instacart shopper loyalty has declined and loyalty to grocers has increased according to a recent study from barclays uh, why does this matter yeah, so Barclays uh, did the survey in 2019 and loyalty to Instacart was about 16% of users. Um, it's currently sitting at about seven, which is a, a pretty big change. Uh, meanwhile, grocery loyalty has gone from 22 to 29%. So I think there's a couple things going on here. One is just the coronavirus. The user base, uh, user base of Instacart expanded dramatically uh, during the pandemic. And so there's probably some people in the survey who uh, were using it to get through the pandemic, but have no long-term intention of staying on the platform. But I think the other thing this tells us is that when retailers take the time and resources to invest in their first party experience, consumers respond. Consumers want to order first party if the digital experience is great and if the fulfillment experience on the back end is also very good. So I think this is good for restaurants because it tells us that if you're willing to make the investment in first party, you'll see consumers come over to you. Uh, so 
it's worth the payoff. So last question is for you, Carl. Uh, Uber just bought Drizzly for a billion dollars. Um, why did they do it? And should restaurants be concerned? Exciting times for Drizzly. Uh, a few sore heads, I suspect, on their side uh, this week. Uh, Drizzly is the leading on-demand alcohol marketplace in North America. Um, it supports, I think, over 1,600 cities, 33 different states. So it's a huge company. So while you hear a billion dollars, you can understand why when you hear that kind of level of volume. Um, they work with retailers and provide consumers a marketplace across uh, you know, a huge selection of various different beer, wine, and spirits. And I think now by pairing with Uber, we're going to see another step towards consolidation. I mean, a lot of our Monday Minutes in recent weeks have been talking about consolidation in various different ways. I think that's what's happening here. Um, meals purchased via an Uber are now likely to be upsold drinks to enjoy via a Drizzly-type interface. Now, is this great news for restaurants? Well, or not if they rely on non-proprietary drinks, but the consumer certainly wins from being able to have the extra choice. So as ever, the consumer wins through these kind of decisions, but is it going to actually help from the standpoint of restaurants and the margin they can accrue through, through drinks? Now, you could argue um, the marketplaces and customers that use them are also going to benefit because this will drive some driver delivery efficiencies as well. But the recommendation I would have for the restaurateurs listening is... Just again, think about the proprietary nature of your drink selections. You know, thinking about the way in which you not only have tamper-proof packaging for your drinks, but also pair certain beverages to dishes and make sure those, those drinks that you're offering are ones that perhaps can't be purchased through a typical alcohol retailer because that will allow you to stand out from the rest and why someone should perhaps utilize the drinks on your menu as opposed to using this Drizzly add-on. Okay, uh, well, that's it for this week. Can you believe we're through our 10 minutes again? Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. We would love to hear from you. Uh, please leave your questions, your comments. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us uh, in the item below? And, of course, like, share, and subscribe to the Monday Minute to anyone else that you think might enjoy listening to us both. Other than that, we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next week.